Hi, this is Kale Ward. This is Jessica Burton. And this is... Gone... Gone... Global. <laughs> a podcast where we talk about the things you might not know about from different cultures. I don't know if that's a good tagline or not. I don't think it no. fully encompasses what we do here, but that's not my job. Mm-hmm. It kind of is. Oh, well. <laughs> Better get a new host then. You need a job? We're hiring. Mm. The Gone Global Corporation mm-hmm. is hiring for mm-hmm. a new host. Not interested. Well, okay. Uh, you learned anything this week? You know what? I learned so much that I've forgotten everything I learned. <laughs> That's my excuse too. No, but really, like, there was like six things that I was like, I need to write this down and tell Kayla about on the podcast. And I've completely forgotten them. Hmm. Uh, nope. My brain has turned to mush. It's been a weird week. Yeah, it has. What did you learn this week? Detective Pikachu was really good. It's so good. I was. I loved it. It was wonderful. Especially after all the uh, the hubbub that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog got. This, uh, seeing this work, yeah, uh, felt really good and felt like a, a really cool testament to when you actually put the effort in, yep, yep, um, what something good looks like. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen a movie that was just fun, yeah, you can just have a good time and you don't need to pick it apart, and yeah, yeah, it was just nice, yeah, yeah. Um, dang it! I was just about to say something else, and I, I saw any notes that you said things I learned this week. Oh, 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 oh! I was gonna make fun of us about talking about Sonic the Hedgehog two weeks, three weeks after all the initial fervor of how bad that design was. But it, but it was like seeing Detective Pikachu brought it home. Yeah how bad it looked yeah and just even just by the trailer how badly formulaic it was yeah and i i feel like they they've seen detective pikachu coming out and they're like quick we've got to finish this yep and it just didn't work so we'll see how that one goes if they ever make it i don't even think it's a matter of quick we've got to finish this i think it was more like oh we gotta hurry up and do this hmm yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we had a good time. I heard at the Alamo Draft House they gave out special movie Detective Pikachu oh, trading cards. Oh, cool. I have never been more angry to be anywhere <laughs> else in the world. <laughs> Dang it! Well, anyway, talking about things we love. So this week's topic was Food. It was. And we both love food. The wheel spoke, and then my belly spoke louder. Mm-hmm. Well, I usually grumbles a lot anyway. Just like you. Ha <laughs> um, So I believe that it's my turn first today, right? Yep. Okay, so give me a second while I'm, well, I'm going to go and get a thing. Fear not, I have returned. 
Okay, so today I'm going to talk about a history of Cadbury's chocolate. Oh. So my lovely mum just sent us our Easter eggs. Uh, so we do have some Cadbury's chocolate available. Three weeks after Easter. Yeah, but I mean, it meant we got an extra supply of chocolate after the Easter eggs we had here for finished. So I was pretty cool with that. Um, so we have either an Easter egg or a pack of buttons. Which one would you like to open? Uh, I guess I would go for the buttons. Okay. Okay, so there you go. Some Cadbury's buttons for you. Oh, these are just chocolate. Yeah. These aren't like, uh, oh, I was thinking these would be like, um, uh, minstrels. No, these, yeah, these don't have anything in. They're literally just small discs of like Cadbury chocolate. Candy coated. Just milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care for milk chocolate. Mm. That's good. It means it's more for me always. Yeah. Because it is my favorite thing in the entire world. I like chocolate with stuff in it. Mm. I like all chocolate. And it's funny. So I went on a funny journey while I was re- researching this because, like I say, it is my favorite thing. It is my greatest weakness. I could happily eat chocolate for everything for the rest of my life. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. I did learn something. I remember one of the things. We went to an antiques fur kind of bric-a-brac sale last weekend. And they had a German version of Bridget Jones's diary. And the title in German translates as chocolate for breakfast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you saying that. So I found that really interesting. And that was really cool. And it was about chocolate, so. I guess then I learned that Bridget... Bridget Jones's diary is not about a call girl. No, not at all. Didn't know that. All right. That's the end of that there's, story. there's lots of sexism arguments we could have, but probably not right here. I listen. I'm only talking about what I'd heard about the film. I've never seen him. It's got nothing to do. <laughs> I have no opinions about it either mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's what it was about. It's not like there aren't movies about call girls. No, but that's not not about one. Well, I didn't know. Fair enough. We're going to skirt over that because there's a whole lot of things I could say. I'm not going to. Um, I don't know why you would. <laughs> okay, so what did you think about the chocolate? Well, it's fine. Now I'm mad. Why? Because you're calling me a sexist. No, a little bit. <laughs> Rude? To be fair, the first thought I had, I had when you said that you um, could eat chocolate over anything else any other time, mm-hmm. my first thought was, oh, so just like any other woman in the... There you go. I mean, my point is kind of proven, though. (laughs) So you know what? Yeah, I'll take that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Apology accepted after like 10 years of you working that off, I think. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, so what do you think? I know you've had Cadbury chocolate lots of times before. It tastes like chocolate. Yeah. and And that's kind of because it's become very, very typical. It's better than American chocolate, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I would say that it's probably... It's probably one of the big things I miss not living in the UK is the access to Cadbury chocolate because mm. it's very good. 
Um, but I would say it's it's probably like second or third on my list of like international chocolates that I like. Like I like Lindt, which is Swiss. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Galaxy, which is also British. Those are the that's the company that makes minstrels. Yes. Galaxy. Yeah. 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 Um, so a little bit of a history lesson for you today. So. Today? Mm-hmm. That's our whole podcast. Yeah. As you were. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so cocoa was first brought into the UK in the late 1600s, but as raw cocoa, which was primarily consumed as a drink in chocolate. Huh. Yeah, so it, it came in pretty early. Um, but in 1824, John Cadbury opened his store in Birmingham where he sold tea, coffee, cocoa, and drinking chocolate. He was a Quaker, and this is a, a kind of religion that doesn't, really believe in alcohol they think mm-hmm. that it, it causes a lot of problems in society yeah we uh a lot of our early um classifications of people were quakers yeah yeah i mean i think it was fairly popular in the u.s too it's yeah it's one of the first things you learn about when you open a u.s yeah, history book because for the some guy reason. the guy that founded pennsylvania was a quaker that sounds right yeah Yeah, something like that but anyway so he didn't believe in alcohol and he wanted people to have joy and an activity without you know going to a pub and drinking alcohol so he kind of set this up as a as an alternative to go and sit and drink chocolate because it was also thought at the time which is kind of true but just in moderation that chocolate well cocoa as it was back then is believed to have antioxidant and health benefits sure so it was kind of a a positive way to to meet up with people and Mm -hmm. you know hang out a little bit um his shop i believe was also used for like quaker meetings because they didn't have to then go to a pub or whatever um so we set this up um by 1831 the store was doing really really well so well that they needed larger premises so they could produce on a commercial scale and into a wider range in public. So they moved into their first factory in yeah in that year, 1831. Um, they moved once again to a larger factory in 1847, which was linked to the Birmingham Navigation Canal and so to all major British ports. Britain is linked by a series of canal systems that link city to city. So if you can... So Birmingham on a map is kind of in the middle. So it doesn't have access to the ports except through the canal. So they built the factory kind of on this canal so that they could move it around and export it and things like this. Um, 1866 was a turning point for the business when it launched Cadbury Cocoa Essence, the UK's first unadulterated cocoa. So cocoa bean... But that made that Quaker guy mad. <laughs> well, actually, no, it made him happy because he was making more money from it. Ooh, Cadbury essence. Mm. Unadulterated chocolate. Mm. Well, so before it had contained a high cocoa butter content, which was quite bitter, apparently. Um, and so they'd had to add, like, starches to dull the taste and the texture for the drinking chocolate. But with this this press that was invented by a Dutch manufacturer who was called Konrad Johannes van Houten um, completely changed how it was made and it was able to extract more cocoa powder out of the cocoa butter. 
Hmm. Like the cocoa butter was apparently the the more bitter part of it. Okay. So they it, it basically meant that they didn't have to add the starches into it. It was a pure cocoa. It was a better taste. Hmm. And that kind of um that kind of shot them higher and more people were buying it because it tasted better and they didn't have to add stuff to it and it made production better and everything. So that was kind of the turning point in the business. Um, In 1875, the first milk chocolate bar was made in Switzerland, which is the first time they added milk to the chocolate to make it sweet. Um, And Cadbury meanwhile created the first Easter egg, which was dark chocolate. They launched their own commercial milk chocolate in 1897. Um, But it wasn't the sweeter dairy milk that we now know today until 1904. They were still kind of experimenting with it and they didn't officially call it dairy milk until 1904. Um, By 1878, the operations had grown, so they moved again to their Bourneville factory. This was also revolutionary in how workers were treated because when they purchased the land, they purchased land for the factory, but they also purchased land enough for a village. So they built 300 cottages with gardens, with a school, with shops, access to things. And these people, so Birmingham was a big hub of the Industrial Revolution. So these people had been living in squalid city conditions, never having breathed fresh air. And this new factory was like, oh my God, they have land now. They have a nice provision by their employer of a nice little model village. Um, Slight side note, but there's also a model village near to where I live in Liverpool um, on the Wirral side called Port Sunlight, which was a similar sort of thing. It was a soap factory and they built this beautiful village with, you know, access to everything around so that they'd have a good life and want to work better for the factory because you know you think of industrial revolution victorian times you had kids in factories yeah. and people would just drop dead because yeah. they were dying in the factories and inhaling all sorts of ridiculous things so this was a really um really revolutionary treatment of workers and a, a nice thing to do yeah um and going back to the kind of quaker beliefs it had no pub in this village, um, in the Cadbury village. My understanding is that it wouldn't be a town, right? Like if it didn't have a pub. Yeah, that's British logic for you. <laughs> but but no, this one didn't. And indeed, the first official license to sell alcohol wasn't granted until 2015. So what? 120 what? years of a dry village. I mean, you know, they'll have had supermarkets, yeah, but sure. they just went out and they, bought it into yeah, like or they probably just went to Birmingham. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not far away. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really funny. And this is like license to sell. They could drink it. They could yeah. buy it elsewhere and bring it in. But yeah, no, I just found that really funny. Wow. Um by nineteen twenty, Dairy Milk had made Cadbury the biggest name in the UK confectionery. This was also due to a large advertising campaign through posters and from 1955 TV adverts. Now I have an interesting one I want to show you. Huh. Okay, so we just watched two old Cadbury advertisements. Yep. 
uh, the first one was from 69? 69. Nice. I knew, I knew you'd say that, and I knew you'd remember. Um, and it, it was a James Bond sort of... So a super spy kind of guy mm-hmm. grabs onto a helicopter from a car, rides the helicopter to a woman's or someone's house, yeah. leaves chocolate on her, I don't know, wardrobe, mm-hmm. on her boudoir. Mm-hmm. And that the advertisement is, the lady loves Cadbury milk tray. So this was a big advertising campaign that... Um, so I, I guess there was like 10 years of these adverts, this daring man that does daring things to get chocolate to his lady friend who loves dairy milk box of chocolates. And yeah, that was like the 60s. That was the whole 60s. <laughs> but they do, Cadbury's do an advert pretty much every year Yeah, that becomes like a big deal. Um, and yeah, I just found that really funny. Like the lady loves milk tray. I mean, this lady does for sure, but like you can just go to a shop and that's fine. Maybe that should be our sign off for the. Uh, <laughs> the lady loves milk tray. For the uh, for the end of the podcast, and remember, the lady loves milk tray. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This lady does. <laughs> I, what can I say? Um. So then the other one was the fruit and nutcase campaign. My mom sings that to me. All the time, because this was another like long-running thing that they made different adverts with this song. Because Cadbury's fruit and nut is what you'd expect. It has like raisins in, and it has nuts in. And that's what they call fruit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty now, much. <laughs> now we we had the uh, oh man, what were they called? The California raisins, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, they were animated very similarly to this. Uh, this uh, I don't want to say trailer. This uh, I mean this uh, how commercial. much how much can you animate raisins? Like there's only so much you can well, do. But, but that's what that's what I mean. So I, I wonder you 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 said that this was from the 80s or 90s, and my bet is that it was around the same time as the yeah. California Raisins. Yeah. So yeah, I would say I would say. 90s okay yeah early 90s maybe um i didn't like that one no and frankly i don't like the song either no because it comes out of nowhere yep the and dude... the, the chocolate bar is a sexy lady that like sings and it's oh, i'm weird. a sexist that doesn't bother me <laughs> uh but the, <laughs> the dude reaches for the candy bar and the candy bar grows into this anthropomorphized chocolate bar yep. and then the first line out of its mouth is the beginning of the song everybody's a fruit and nutcase yep and it's like that's a jarring first line yes it is it is but uh yeah they ran with that for a very long time (laughs) and i mean advertising has got better we hope i think we'll probably look back in 10 years and be like oh my god what were we thinking i i wouldn't know i haven't watched a a regular advertisement in years yeah, at this point. Yeah. But anyway, so the a large part of their success was these very successful advertising campaigns. Um their production was slowed with World War Two rationing and the company was banned from using fresh milk. They produced a bar that was literally called Ration Chocolate was its title. Um and they had to use milk powder for it because 
of Russian and stuff. Um, but they picked up production again in 1945. Um, during its history, there have been multiple mergers with other countries, uh, countries, companies, um, including Fry's, Schweppes, Bassett's, and Maynard's. So all like sweet makers. Bastards. Bassett's. Bastards. Bastards. Stop Bastards. swearing on this podcast. Our mum's listening to it. this. I did not. Say it again. Bassett's. Bastards. No. B A S S E T S. Bassett's. Alright, that's very different. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. Um and this this is where my research took me to be a bit disappointed in the general world as we live. Because capitalism ruins everything. So all of these company mergers, um, Cadbury itself was bought by American food giant Kraft in 2010 and subsequently changed all the recipes and everything got a little bit worse. Yeah, sure. Um, sounds, sounds... Sounds American. Perfectly American, yeah. <laughs> it's an American tradition. Um, so that takes me onto the, the kind of international side. Um... The UK still has eight factories that produces Cadbury brand things. Um, there is a Cadbury World factory tour that you can go to and you get chocolate samples and I've never been and I really want to. Um, so yeah, it's still it's still in production and the various like brand things that are made from other products, so you know, like dairy milk cake bars or whatever, are made by a different company in a different factory. Where... Where is this? Uh, the main one is still in Birmingham. Oh. I believe. And you've never been? Nope. Oh. Um, in the US, Cadbury Adams produces sweets like... Sorry, candy. Like Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Fish, and Trident Gum. Um, there used to be chocolate there, but Hershey's bought the rights to chocolate production in 1988 prompting complaints at a drop in quality and taste. I've tried that Hershey's dairy milk. It's horrible. American chocolate all around is Yeah, just, it's just bad. It's not it's nowhere near as good as nope. in any international chocolate nope. I've ever had. Um Australia and New Zealand, Cadbury's first overseas order was made for the Australian market in 1881. As part of international expansion plans, they opened a factory in Tasmania with its own village modelled on Bourneville in 1919. Hmm. Um, in 1930, Cadbury also partnered with biscuit factory owner Richard Hudson to open a factory in Dunedin, New Zealand, and later in Auckland. The one in Dunedin just just closed while we lived there. Yeah, the, so the Auckland one closed in 2007 after criticisms when they replaced cocoa butter with palm oil. Yikes. The main bloody ingredient. They replaced it with palm oil. Um, so they sort of deserve that, really. You know, not the people losing their jobs and everything, but like, come on. Um, and yeah, the Dunedin factory closed in March 2018 while we were there, citing manufacturing problems and moved there operations to australia Back to australia yeah there was a big scare that um pineapple lumps the were pineapple gonna lumps. run out yeah. because it's it's interesting that the new zealand and australia products are very different to uh -huh. the uk ones like they've uh -huh. completely separated i don't i don't think they've got anything to do with each other at I, this would, point. I would imagine like 
because how how could they? Yeah, for sure. Like, like they have things like pineapple lumps, uh, something fish. What are the fish things called? Yummy. Cho- are they just called chocolate fish? You started down yeah. this road. You got to finish it. Yeah, chocolate fish. I think. Uh man, pineapple lumps are dope. Perky nanas. I oh. think they were Cadbury's. I think you're right. Um, but it was really interesting to see all the different flavors and that Cadbury exists there. And yeah. it's still pretty good. It yeah. still tastes like the 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 real, in quotation marks, UK thing. Or it did. Yeah, it did before it closed down. Well, I mean, they still exist in Australia, so. Canada also has a factory and they produce products under the Cadbury and Maynard label. So sweets, licorice, all sorts, things like that. In India, they started importing and built a factory in 1948, and Cadbury now owns 70% of the market confectionery share. They had to pay a fine for bribing officials to build a factory in 2015, I think it was. But yeah, just like capitalism, everything. Um, today, yeah, it's owned by Kraft. It is still producing um, I have seen a decline in quality, I would say. I've also seen a decline in quantity and in this, the packets. This is um, British. This Cadbury. is British Cadbury, yeah. yeah. Um, they they try to trademark the color purple, that set purple that they use for dairy yeah, milk, sure. in 1995 and 2004. But as of yet, according to Wikipedia, they haven't been successful in that. And also Nestle are fighting them. So, capitalism. Like, it, like you know, it starts off like nice and they wanted to do nice things for the workers and give people fun without alcohol and money. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, that is my favorite thing. And it's a shame that capitalism. Much like the rest of the world, <laughs> it's ruined by capitalism. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, it's just this huge conglomerate company again. And we talk about this a lot with comics and things. Yep. That the world is just run by two or three companies now, and it's crazy. Mm. But anyway, what are you <laughs> going to talk about? So, I had I had kind of a weird week, um, and my so my topic wasn't going. I don't think it was ever going to be as well researched. Um, or as uh, lengthy as yours. Mm, sorry. I, well, no, no, no. Um, I'm going to talk about white gravy or country gravy or sawmill gravy. Sawmill gravy. That sounds awful. Or some some folk call it rich man's gravy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very wide difference between sawmill and rich man's gravy. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, in southern America, um, and I in in my in all my travels, I, I don't think I looked too hard for uh, for this dish. But uh, my, one of my favorite breakfast dishes is um, biscuits and gravy. Now, Ed, for you international folk, the the biscuit is similar to a scone mm. um, or a scone. This was this was the wildest thing when I first met you, and I was like, biscuits and yeah, gravy. Oh, yeah. oh, what? Oh, yeah. So the biscuit is twice baked. Seems like a lot of effort. Well, not anymore. It's uh, well, it's yeah, it's a scone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Latin 
is something you know the biscuit is twice baked and you add bacon okay that doesn't sound latin it sounds french though but that not latin no but french is based off latin biscuitum falopecia i think i just summoned a demon yep apparently around the american revolution is Mm. when this dish started like showing up because they had no actual food yeah yeah (laughs) all right they uh it was a dish prepared for frugality and longevity Mm. is what i Mm -hmm. is what i read bit like scouse yes yes and often it has like the texture of scouse as well okay um often uh so there for for white cream gravy there are a couple of different types often there's a sausage gravy Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know you you just make the gravy and you kind of put sausage in it. So what's in gravy? Because my my idea of gravy is meat granules and it's brown. So it is sort of that, but what they do is they take the like the the fat and the juices and the roux. What's the roux? The roux is like the the fat and the juices and like the grease that's left over when you make like a sausage or a bacon. And what they do is they put flour Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. and they mix it and heat it up and they usually put salt and pepper Mm. and milk. Mm. And, you know, you just kind of stir it around until it's a gravy. Okay. The idea... Is that it's you know kind of a a, a hearty high calorie mm-hmm. deal so that you uh, so it'll get you through the the work day yeah uh, you know another hour where you're not hungry mm-hmm. so this 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 from Sarah Carskadden um, on Quora.com when I typed in what's the history of white gravy mm. uh, people brought their cooking methods over from north uh, from northern England and Scotland usually emphasizing the simpler dishes, cooking styles, and ingredients. Over the decades of people making, perfecting, and experimenting with the recipe, those original recipes and cooking methods evolved into the biscuits and gravy we know today. There's some evidence that people have been eating biscuits and gravy since before the Revolutionary War. Hmm. I was blown away by that. I think that's cool as hell. This dish I ate with my grandpa at the Brahms hmm. is the same dish that people have been eating since America was founded. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, not that old for me. Right. So, so I'm mean, like, mm. you know, people, like yesterday. They, they ate it, you know, an extra 20 years before I was born. Because yeah. <laughs> you are old. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there's cream gravy, which is generally smoother. Mm-hmm. If you want, like, uh, I had that. I made it this morning, mm-hmm. and it was just creamy. You put that on like chicken fried steak, which I'm sure will be an episode we'll have on somewhere down the road. Um, Hold on, chicken fried steak. That's right. Not a fried chicken steak. Chicken fried steak. How do you chicken fry something? It might be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is it just a big slab of chicken? Chicken. I I think it's I think it's beef. It might be chicken. Why would they call it chicken then? Because it's chicken fried. 
How do you chicken fry? Don't know. I've never made it. America, man. <laughs> you people are crazy. Yeah, like I said, common names are country gravy, white gravy, milk gravy, and sausage gravy. There's also egg gravy, which is a variety of gravy made with meat drippings, usually from bacon, uh, followed by flour. And when you get the roux going, a well-beaten egg is then slowly added while the gravy is stirred or whisked, cooking the egg and separating it into small fragments in the gravy. This is the rich man's gravy. I don't know that I've ever had this. No, it sounds pretty horrible. I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, your general reaction is definitely shared by uh, British folk. Um, I found a YouTube video of British people trying uh, white gravy. <laughs> oh, good. So, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to go. this. I nodded along with all of that video. Yeah. They said some choice things like, this looks like sick, and it should be for prisoners. And I, Which is rude, uh, frankly. Yeah, I kind of agree with it. So you've made me try it three times now. Three times? Three times. We went to Queen's Comfort, which is a very famous restaurant in Queens, mm. New York. Mm -hmm. And you got the biscuits and gravy. That sounds like something I would yes. do. Yes. You, made me, like you made me try it and you went, no, 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 no. This is New York. This is nothing like the real one. Oh, right. Well, and that was also a special boutique there one was something it was like, in it extra it was like cheddar biscuits and maple gravy yeah or, yeah it was delicious so you were like no 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 no. this is all wrong you, this is wrong you can't do this one yeah then we went to cracker barrel cracker barrel yes thank you um and again and again i hated it and you're like no 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 this isn't quite right it's still not the proper one that's cracker barrel mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know, so I have given it the benefit of the doubt, and then you made it this morning, and you were like, yes, this one is like a proper homemade one. I think this is this is the real. So I tried a bit this morning, and it's awful, baby. I'm sorry. I, think, I can't. I think the, the, one, the one thing out of that video that I got out of it was the guy that was like, it smells like car tires. Yes. I, I nodded very vigorously to that, too. Uh, yeah, so there are a few things in our marriage that are real sticking points. <laughs> and the... One, it's certain, it's definitely your low tolerance for spicy foods. But like, it's not even spice; it's just salt and pepper, and it's still just the, the, the second. The second is that you can't wrap your head around white gravy. No, and I think I think that's it. I think it both tastes horrible, but it's also my brain cannot process that it exists because it defies everything I know. <laughs> And yeah, I just I just don't know. Like the biscuits that you call biscuits are, are scones. And for us that would be sweet. We put butter and jam and cream on them. I mean, you know, we can do that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it's you would like, shoot me if I do that. I mean, if you ordered biscuits and gravy and did that, yeah, of course I would. Uh, do. I, I would. I I I promise you, I I won't ever order it. To, you tried, and I tried. I'm sorry. You should be. But I, I also said this morning, after I'd made it, you know, and was, was getting it all ready, I'd come back into the kitchen, and just the, the smell of the 
the the gravy and and the bacon I was making at the same time was just oh it set, it hit me it sent me back to just like diners and yeah. like fast food yeah uh, breakfast and uh, I think I think that's a big fault a big fault <laughs> well I mean what. <laughs> didn't mean that at all. it definitely was later yeah <laughs> um a big part of food memory and the smell and yeah. the the senses of it yeah yeah the only real difference was the uh uh the fact that there wasn't any cigarette ash in the in the uh in the gravy from, oh god oh my god from my grandparents because <laughs> that food. makes it better that might actually give it more taste yeah, I like my gravy uh, peppery. I like uh, sausage. A lot of time will add uh, a little bit of spice to it. Um, you can also add uh, like a spicy sausage or uh, or uh, a bit of paprika. A lot of people do that. Ooh. Man, love biscuits and gravy. Mm. Biscuits. Well, this one is a good example of how you don't like something that I really love and I don't like something that you really love, which just means we get more of the things we like. So I think that's a good compromise. It's not a good compromise because most of the time I don't get it is what it means because we don't... We don't ever, live in America. We don't ever go to America, so I can't get yeah. the things I yeah. like. I mean, I'm fully expecting our trip to just be food. You're going to be so hungry. Why? Because you're not going to give me any. You're, just, you're not going to like any of it. No. Well, we're gonna. We're already talking about burritos and yeah. biscuits and gravy. I mean, there's other things at these places that I can eat. Is there, though? Yes. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, we got to do the thing. Uh, how do you feel about biscuits and gravy? Please let us know. All right. Ready to spin the wheel up? had a movie that i have wanted to talk about forever hooray oh i'm looking forward to this one this will hmm. be good this this episode is going to come on our anniversary weekend so we're going to have to work this one out yeah movies i'm gonna watch captain america the 90s one i've never seen the 90s one i actually kind of want to it uh it's tremendous and by, what i mean by that is it's not <laughs> when he throws the shield it makes like a tiger's roar oh it's weird okay but it's great <laughs> all right so we will see you next week for movies do you have any plugs i have all of the plugs you can find me at toto in tow that's t-o-t-o-i-n-t-o-w you can find my work and my other podcasts on kaleward.com that's c-a-l-e-w-a-r-d.com when you go there you can find my podcast with the comics pals where we talk about the trending news in comic books. We did our great big ranking of the uh, Marvel movies, and I have gotten several com compliments on my list, but also several arguments. Mm -hmm. So I think that means I was the most successful because it had the most response. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Fair enough. It's a contest, and I won it. And mm. I can say that because... I, I liked your list better than everybody else's, I have to say. 
Well, see, there we go. I can say that because this is this is my podcast, mm-hmm. and they're not here to defend and themselves. And also, my wife said it was good. My, my wife. <laughs> uh, on that podcast, you can hear Marco Cunolata, who wrote our theme song, Traveling in Bliss. Thank you so much, Marco. What can the lovely people find gone global? Uh, what about you? Oh, I'm just on Twitter. John91. Peace out. John91. John91, that's me. <laughs> the 91st John. Yes. There's uh, got to be more than 91 million Johns in the world. Johns. And Jean. And Juan. Jacques. Uh, you can find Gone Global at Gone Global Pod on Twitter. Uh, there is an Instagram. We haven't quite figured out what to do with it yet, but uh, uh, we'll get there someday. You can find us on all of your podcasting platforms on Gone Global. Ooh, let's try out that new uh, that new uh, sign off. Uh, remember, fellas, the lady loves milk tray. She does. It's true. Okay, bye. No, no, no. When the sign off, the sign off, we, we, we're gonna cut it off. So but I, we don't say bye to people. No, How rude! No, 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 no. I disagree. It's it's a it's a cutoff. So so I'm gonna say it, and then that's it. No, let's no, say no, goodbye. That's, that's, it's done. We gotta say no, goodbye. Let's see. Bye. Now remember, fellas, the ladies love Cadbury milk tray. Not the ladies, the lady. The lady loves milk tray. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>